Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Have you ever wanted to speak with flow, with passion? Have you ever wanted to be charismatic and just let your whole heart be seen? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Gavin is the founder of FlowFan, a non-judgmental collective space that cultivates confidence, innovation, and healthy communication. Through this methodology, Gavin has united families, inspired new career paths, and has helped individuals with excessive social anxiety become more proficient public speakers. Originally an in-person experience with the unforeseen blessing of the pandemic, FlowFan has pivoted into a virtual experience touching the lives of people from 18 different countries from children as young as 10 to 71 years of age so without any delay i'd like to welcome my friend gavin what up what's up <laughs> konnichiwa so good to be on your podcast bro. yeah yeah brother i'm excited man we were we were uh when we met and connected and, and went deep uh you know we had some very uh flow focused conversations just going back and forth with banter um, and I really enjoyed the conversation with you. So I was excited to get you on here and, uh, and, and, and go deep with you in the areas of flow, brother. Yeah. We were very focused. <laughs> oh, the puns are alive. And well. They're going to come. They're going to come. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to feel the flow and go with it, man. I, uh, I, uh, really think this is going to be great. And, um, you know, I think this flow thing is this magical it's this magical hidden force that kind of guides us through life that, you know, it's intangible that if you try to hold on to it, you try to pay attention, you try to force it out, it yeah. just just pops away. But when you when you're letting go, it's like it's this it's this unintuitive aspect of life, which I think is wonderful. Um, what what like for you and flow? I mean, what's can you talk to me just a little bit about like your your origins of flow and kind of like what got you in the whole flow of things? I think, you know, really what kind of got me in the in the flow of things was, well, actually, one is that back when I was actually getting certified as a coach in 2016, I had mm -hmm. a coaching friend in module three with me named Denise. And then she just was, I don't know if she saw some of my videos or certain things. She's like, have you ever been to Agape before? I'm like, no, nah, but I heard about it. And then she she was mentioning like, well, I think that you should check it out. And the main reason is not for the this spiritual doctrine itself, but because of Michael mm -hmm. Beckwith. There's something mm -hmm. about him that when he speaks, it's like he is this channel where it's just this extemporaneous kind of expression that's flowing out of him. And it's quite similar to the way that I experience you when you get into that space. And little did I know, the more that I got into it, I learned about flow state, the optimal state of consciousness where we feel our best and we perform our best, right? Michal, she set me high into Stephen Kotler. And then the more I got into that, the more it started making sense that, wow, this is the exact state that I get into. Wow, there are flow triggers. Wow, there are group flow triggers. And then that's when this whole rabbit hole just started opening up. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been to Agape. I've heard people talk about it a little bit. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more uh, about that, uh, just so I can understand, because I've heard it come up a couple of times. Uh, but just to dial back, for anybody that doesn't know, Mihai Michex Mihai, uh, that is the guy who originally discovered flow in the 1970s, something like that, back in the day. And he realized that there was this thing where if, you, if you're if you on this flow path where things, 
you know, that are, are too intense or too critical causes anxiety, too low causes this boredom and anxiety. And then there's also these flow cycles that go around in cycles of rest, recovery, performance and cycles. So, and then Stephen Kotler and Jamie Wheel are the more modernized versions of that where they've taken it and they've kind of condensed it and they found all of these different types of like flow pieces. So I want to kind of, for you, someone who's gone over it, who knows it, who lives it, who's a piece of it, I think it's important, but I know so there's also gonna be some people that listen to this go, what the hell is flow? Who's me high, me checks me high, what is that? I want to kind of touch on that. So um, is there uh, is there any other pieces of flow that you want to just like talk about uh, before we because we before we talk about agape? Oh, yeah. And actually agape, to be honest, I don't really know too much about it. That was just oh. like the backdrop. I went to a few oh, times to see Michael okay. Beckwith actually speak. But that was kind of like the origin of me learning about, oh, there's something that I get to and it's called flow. Mm. Right. And so that was kind of like the beginning of me kind of like opening myself up to it. Um, yeah. Okay. So with that, then okay. So the agape is 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 the church, the religious church. Haven't um haven't known part of it, but then so that's just a drop backdrop for flow. So with yes. you and flow and finding these flow triggers, you know, what about these things uh, light you up? What is this? What is this flow that you? Um, how would you describe it to people? How would you present to people for people that aren't familiar with it? And then and and then you know how do you how do you channel it? Yeah, absolutely. Great. So, you know, you for anybody that's actually tuning, tuning in, um, what you might find is that there are definitely going to be areas of your life where you're going to be accessing that. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's it might be with knitting, you know, for other people, it might be the minute that they pick up a paintbrush and you start going and it's where just like time seems to like fade away. And so there are four different characteristics that take place when we're in flow. They call it stir, right? So it's a sense of like selflessness where there's like an e an ego that sense uh, dissolves. You're not trying to be like, oh, look at me, I'm the best. Or look at me, I'm actually the worst. There's this non-judgment that comes into this place. There's a sense of timelessness where it seems illusory. Time can feel like it's being bent, where it can seem long. It can seem, three hours can seem like 30 minutes. There's a sense of effortlessness after that place where that's why people say like, oh, it doesn't feel like I can even take responsibility. I was being channeled. And and the last one is the richness where our sensory experience really gets starts to get heightened right there. And so really for me, like what I like to, to help people with and what inspired me when I first saw Michael Beckwith is that people will look at him and be enamored by the way that he's be, he's able to eloquently articulate his place from a place of deep exuberant and passion. And it made me just think about, well, how can I hold spaces in ways for people to experience it themselves and not just look at it outwards like, wow, look at that over there. Mm. Flow is a very experiential process. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that when you're talking about flow here and you're talking about like there's group flow and then there's single flows and there's and, there, and there's things like that. How do you how do you get for yourself? How do you get into the state of flow? Like how do you how do what is that? Do you have a flow process to to kind of ramp up or what does that look like for you? Well, I do believe that, you know, they call like flow state is really right. This optimal state of consciousness where we feel our best and we do our best. It's this mm -hmm. constant dance between discipline, right? And actually learning how to let go. But it's, but so for it, you know, inside of this, it does require whatever you want to get more flow, uh, experience more flow into. For me, it's about voice. How can you just articulate and learn how to dance in the moment with whatever's there? That's just kind of like my jazz. And I like <laughs> to bring that inside with musicality right there. So the discipline part is an important piece because discipline helps to build skill. Mm -hmm. In flow, there's there might be this myth like you know you that in or to flow all you gotta do is let go and you can get into it. Yeah, I mean yeah, but like 
the more that skilled you are at something, the easier it will be to get into flow. So I just want to demystify that for anybody like where the higher your, your skill level in a given activity, the easier it will be to get into flow right there because there's something called the skills challenge ratio, right? And this relates to the first phase of flow. There's actually four phases, right? You have, um, it's called SRFR, surfer. You learn to ride the wave of flow. The S is called struggle, right? And so struggle, why it's there is because when you're learning anything new, actually that activity or that thing that you're trying to get better at is it's going to be tends to be a little more difficult than what you're capable of. And so that's where we encounter the sense of, oh, this is hard. Oh, I feel like I'm actually struggling. And so that's where the deliberate practice actually comes in, actually focusing on the craft, talking to people, asking questions. Why I probably am getting better at flow is because I coach. So I'm constantly holding space and learning how to dance. Even when I have an agenda in mind, I can't be too married to how it looks like. Right. That's mm -hmm. where the surrender comes into play right there. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about coaching, you say flow coaching. Is it primarily you're helping with help people get in the flow or is it for communication and speeching, uh, uh, speeches primarily? So you're helping people find their voice or when, you, when you're talking about like how specifically do you coach people? Yeah. So it really kind of depends. I've coached people like around like how to actually bring out more vulnerability for people inside of podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so I look at it inside of voice, you know, um, the different building blocks of voice coined by Roger Love. Like none of the stuff that I'm actually teaching is, is that groundbreaking in a sense that I am just kind of like helping to synthesize the work of kind of like Roger Love, some of the work of actually Tony Robbins, emotion is created by motion, getting into your physiology, and then actually how to just connect and, and relate with people, softening your tone sometimes just mm -hmm. to get a little more intimate, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's about helping people actually to create those intimate spaces, whether it be on their podcast, whether it be in helping people to open up within their teams. Um, in a way, it's all about helping people to access flow and to listen so that deep connection can be created amongst people, colleagues as well as in personal relationships. Got it. Yeah. And I mean, I would, I'd love to dive into a little bit like cr creating vulnerability um, in podcasts, I think is, a, is something I'm mean, very interested in uh, myself personally, um, is, is how do you create, how do you create the vulnerability like, what do you what do you coach people on for that? If they're trying to be more vulnerable inside of a podcast, what does that look like? Well, so there is actually one one person that I was uh, coaching. She has this brilliant podcast business without barriers as well, too, is I would actually help her to kind of demonstrate and and allow her to actually to to get deep. So, you know, some of my coaching goes around the seven levels of why. Right. Seven levels of why it goes into it like. So business without barriers, for instance, this podcast, why did you create it? Right. And mm -hmm. so we went into that. Oh, well, I created the I created the podcast because I wanted to make these teachings more accessible and for these thought leaders to to be able to 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 showcase their talents more. Great. You know, right. Why is that? Why? Why is that so important to showcase these thought leaders talents out there? Why is that so important? Right. And then we just kept getting deeper six seven eight layers deep until you hit a point usually if you're really connected that you get moved by it to where she she started actually breaking down mm. right she's like i actually want to bring humanity back into business that's why it's called business without barriers right and her voice started shaking you know she got she started getting like more softer in her tone and i just noticed that so you hold the space right there and i'm seeing you see what that was right there you see the voice that you access right here 
This is not what I experience on your podcast. You're very enthusiastic. You, you, you bring out and you're able to lift the spirits of even that person that was blind on your podcast. Yet where's this part? Mm. Where's the heart inside of this? Do you, do you see this? Anchor this in right now. Use that physical anchor. For those of you who don't know, it's kind of like a physical movement that you do uncommonly that helps to associate to, to that peak state that you wish to experience more of. Mm. And so I use these different kind of mo modalities, but the minute that I notice something changing in their voice, I immediately stop. It's the Dale Carnegie principle. And I say, what happened right here? Do you notice your voice? How are you breathing? Feel into that. Anchor that in. Mm. Do you feel this voice? How does it feel? Yeah. Do you see that softer, right? So it's it's pointing out these little observations for them to kind of experience for themselves, anchoring it in and being like, you notice that, listen back to some of your podcasts. Where do you access this right here? This is a powerful place and you can start asking questions from this place right here. I like that because I think when you first, when you first start out, right, you have so much high energy, right? And a lot of that is the the, the nerves that kind of dance Right, they get into you, right, and you feel this, <gasps> and they translate it, and you start going to mile a minute, you start going back and forth, and, and and you don't create a lot of space, right? Yes. Versus that, that's, that's that's spinning up because it's good to spin up, but it's good to drop it down slowly. Mm. And you're talking about this meaning um, of why is something meaningful to you, or what's what's meaningful to me for this things? Like, for example, for myself for this podcast, I think you know this is all about heroes of reality. This is all about taking lessons and stories and insights from people and and giving people inspiration because I think the greatest way that we can learn is through stories, through sharing not ambiguous lessons of be better, do more, uh, you know, but it's like, well, let me talk to you about the time uh, that my father passed and the lesson I got when he when he left and what that meaning had for me on my life and, 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 the, the, and the final lesson that he taught me and how I plan to take that and move that forward in my life. And that to me is like, there's these, mm -hmm. those types of lessons that you get, that you hear the meaning behind that. Um, and, it, and it impacts your soul. And you can feel there's mm -hmm. a realness to it beyond just that superficial, how was your day? How was your weather? How is yeah. it kind of like, you have that stuff. So I like that, like when you talk to it, cause I could feel that in your voice when that, when it dropped down mm -hmm. into that section and it's a challenge to access because all of a sudden when I do that, like even just talking about my father and the passage of my father, which is, which did happen. And the mm -hmm. lesson I did get from that was like for myself personally, is like he died from smoking. Right. Um, and he was a wonderful, beautiful human of a man. And even right now I feel vulnerable to talk about it, to, to do it, but to, to lean into it right now, it's like the final lesson that I got from him on that was if I do not, master my habits they will literally be the death of me and even though he was a beautiful wonderful caring man his father used to beat him was very violent was very abusive and he and he swore he would never do that to his kids and he never did he was a loving wonderful man but you know there was an you know but he still had gaps and that lesson that i take from that is what did what did his death mean to me what did it look like to me and it meant to me that his final lesson was hey learn to master yourself otherwise you it will be the it will be the death of you and that will cause great suffering from the people around myself right mm. and so one of the missions i'm on is to master my own lessons to master my own habits to understand what this i and understand the lessons from other people so that i could be more for the people in my life that matters right mm -hmm. and, 
and even that right now makes me very uncomfortable to talk about makes me very uncomfortable to mention but there's for myself personally i think that's what we we all want the connections yeah. but we all are afraid to be vulnerable and um it's uh it's a struggle uh, to, to get past that point and i love what you did is you got to a really deep heart of the matter with the why 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 which made me think of that the why why exercise that led me to the story of my father and so that's what triggered that thought process um when, yes when you're doing this right and that's this is my thought like and you're, you're doing the seven layers of why and things like that have you seen people like freeze up have you seen people get to a point where they, they they stumble like how do you get them to take that gap where you understand that there's this moment of vulnerability that they got to take this leap across right they got to be vulnerable they've got to put themselves out there they've got to feel it and be felt um how do you get people to maybe open up and be vulnerable when they're not i love that i love that there's so many things that came up and you're saying but i'll address that question actually yeah. so yeah. remember remember everybody i appreciate all y'all for tuning in for this because this is some <laughs> awesome this is awesome right here because what we're referring to is actually the flow cycle everyone remember we mm -hmm. talked about struggle okay mm -hmm. so struggle is actually some it just seems like it's hard we're very prefrontal we're very trying to like think ahead or it's like oh this is not really making sense oh i'm on this podcast what's really going to happen i don't know how to answer this question all these different things come out now when somebody say for instance is going through the seven levels of why for instance and mm -hmm. any of you can do this for any endeavor that you really want to you you want to create in your life that you want to get to you can do this for yourself it's a lot more powerful when you have somebody there that's kind of like letting you know why and they repeat the statement of what you just said and why is it so important for you to and you fill in that blank and getting to seven layers levels deep now when somebody's struggling with it that's where the r the second phase can be really helpful and that's release right release what that could actually uh, involve in sometimes is actually just like kind of taking deep breaths now i don't even have to have the other person to really necessarily take a deep breath i can just do it by virtue of demonstration mm. yeah i feel right. the need to do the same thing All right and letting it breathe just letting mm. it breathe letting the space breathe a little bit and that's kind of like one way because some people they get their engines revved up it has happened to me too where i get anxious and usually anxious is accompanied by a faster heart rate which is which is regulated by the breathing mm. Mm. when we get to someone to calm down or relax more they can get into release more another way too could just be about completely changing the subject hey what did you eat for breakfast today Mm, they don't yeah. even know what's going on with all right it's a pattern interrupt it's very effective it's a pattern what what are you talking about oh i'm just so curious what did you what did you eat for breakfast today right okay anyways let's just shake it out a little bit right <laughs> you're shaking up you're scratching the record a little bit and it's like so what we're doing right here is we're getting into seven levels of why and maybe i might break it down a little more what happened mm -hmm. right what we hit is we hit a little wall there's nothing wrong with this there's nothing wrong with this right that's actually part of the struggle and can use the flow cycle as a way. There's nothing wrong. You're in the first phase, baby. You're in the first <laughs> phase right here. So what do we do? We relax. We relax. And don't think that this is just uh, applicable in this moment right here. This is applicable anytime you find yourself in the struggle. How long have you been in the struggle for? 20 minutes. Pomodoro, let it, let it ring and go for a walk a little bit. Mm. This is where shower moments happen. This is where light bulb moments happen right now in the release Sometimes it happens in the last R, which is the recovery stage. Flow state is, is the third phase. But let's not forget that actually half of the flow cycle is ebb. It doesn't feel like we're in flow. 
right? Mm-hmm. But ain't that life? Ain't that a part of life? And I think it's such a beautiful thing. So I use release, I use pattern interrupt to help them and I return back to it. And more often than not, sometimes they'd have to go into another session, right? But more often than not, they're able to access a couple of levels deeper actually afterwards. But sometimes yeah. it just takes switching the flipping the pattern up. I love that. And one thing is like, there's the kind of where we very much want progress, right? I need progress. I'm going to get this progress. I'm going to make this thing happen. And you, you go, go, go grind. I want to be able to get from here to here. And if I don't get from here, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, whatever the thing might be. And when one thing that you did that, that was really cool is you're, you, uh, you, you settle into it. You don't fight it, but you're going with it, right? And you say, okay, this is a stop. I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to settle into it. I'm going to shake things up. I'm going to move through. I'm going to feel good. It's all good. We got this. We're going to keep moving forward, right? Because you're still going to get there. And even though you feel like you're not making progress because you're ebbing back, you are making progress by just settling into it, not fighting it, and just waiting for your time to move forward, waiting for that time to get get back on that wagon. I really, I really like that because I think for myself personally, there was a lot of like, frustrations and things were like, I've got to make progress. If I don't make progress, then everything's wrong. Whatever my insert, I don't feel good about blah, blah, blah. Right. So uh, I right. love that the Ibn, the Ibn flow. Um, can you, can you talk to me about like how you personally, can you, do you have an example that you can think of in your own life that you personally were struggling in a situation to try to, you felt like you're being, uh, yeah. you had a block of flow and then they had you unblock yourself and stuff like that. Uh. Well, here's here's actually one right now yeah, before yeah. before flow fam. So that that's this is the movement that I founded everybody, right? That we're mm-hmm. kind of like getting into about teaching people that have access flow. It was called flow masters. Okay, mm-hmm. it was called flow masters previously. Now, when I started to take it more seriously and getting to the trademarking process of it, I spoke with um, I, fl- I spoke with my trademark attorney about it. And then we found is that there I found flowmastery.com. <laughs> And it seemed like it wasn't the same, but it seemed like it could have been in a similar category. So we were trying to file for a coexistence agreement and everything. I, we reached out to the person and they actually said, no, it's too close. We can't do that. Now, mind you, I've been calling that name. It was rolling off my tongue, Flowmasters, 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 like for three years. And I'm like, how is how is anything going to actually compare to that? So I would do Joe Dispenda's body space meditation, meditating on a name around that. But really what actually helped to make the difference was like nothing was really common to me. But there was actually a conversation that I didn't have. There was a conversation, which is a great, which is actually a great exercise that I think that Tim Ferriss would call it that, right? That your quality of life is leaned upon the amount of in, uh, uncomfortable conversations that you're willing to have on a regular basis, right? And and so I it just said, like, wow, I'm kind of incomplete with this person because there's some type of disagree or there's some type of thing where I think she likes me, but like I I don't I don't. I'm not the same way. And so there's just something, there's a miscommunication, there's a misunderstanding that's taking place. And so I ended up just, I didn't think I had anything to do with it, right? So what am I doing? But I'm addressing something that's outside of what I think is this realm. We ended up having a conversation. It was so messy, bro. If anybody, you know, you sometimes you have to address these conversations with people that you're that are of the opposite sex where there's mm-hmm. tension or kind of romantic tension that kind of be, could be there it can actually get messy especially when emotions are involved but just you know taking the team time of you know in coaching i do you you have to learn to acknowledge the emotion i mean acknowledge the situation validate the emotion and speak to the commitment and everything and then just through that and the releasing coming to that common understanding flow fam mm. 
Oh, shit. That's what it is. It's not about becoming a master. Oh, my goodness. It's about actually coming together to create this thing called group flow. And we can't exist in isolation. It's all about coming together where the sum of the parts is greater than anything uh, that a single entity can do. And then that's all upon the flow, the second flow principle, which is rally the cipher. Everything just started going through. It's alliteration. Oh, I love the alliterations. And that came from actually addressing something that allowed me to get that flow back for the name, addressing specifically around this trademarking a name. Mm. So it's almost like the what you perceive as a block is really just tension being pulled back. If you look like a um, like an arrow, a bow and arrow, that that blockage is really just it's really the tension being pulled back to then send you forward in flight. And it feels like you're not making progress because it, you're not technically going where, but there's tension building. And then you have that conversation. You're searching, you're searching, then everything clicks, and then boom, that release. And then it goes sailing into flight. Everything clicks. Everything makes sense. Everything moves forward. And then you're you're off you're off to the races so that so yes that's beautiful and the alliteration i i could tell that like i can tell like the the words the the music the way that you speak there you're it's a it's you're, you're using your language as a tool and as do you have like with um with these like the flows and things like that do you practice like alliterations do you practice uh rapping like what do you how do you how do you sharpen the skill that is the the the, the spoken word yeah, come out the flow fam, everyone. <laughs> but no, no, but so yeah. Uh, so so some other things that I actually I love to do and I just I just do it a lot without even fully knowing about it is I scat aloud, everyone. So for for those of you who don't know, scatting originated jazz and it's unintelligible, nonsensible noises that are made. Now, why would I actually why why would we do that? Why would I do that? What is the practicality of that? So when we actually have to, for me to get into a place where I'm making unintelligible noises, that means I have to let go of trying to make sense of everything. What, what does that mean? That means I'm getting outside of the analytical mind. What does that mean? I'm stepping outside of the prefrontal cortex that is always trying to plan ahead, right? And transient hyperfrontality, which is the core component of flow, is where those parts of the brain, the front part, is actually shutting off. That means it's, it's we're surpassing the analytical mind. So by scatting, which is always the first exercise that I do inside of flow, fam, is getting people comfortable to being confidently lost. So mm -hmm. I might just like wake up as a before I'm brushing my teeth and like, right? It sounds hilarious, right? Yeah. I'm disrupting my pattern. I'm disrupting my pattern. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting outside of the analytical mind. I'm bringing playfulness into this. I am being confidently lost. How can you like try to be depressed when you're doing that? Like try to be sad when you're doing that. Flow state is a state. Yeah. It is a state. It's an optimal state. So by using the scatting, it gets me out of my analytical mind. And it's a great way to pattern interrupt. All, psycholo all psychology's forms of counseling will use a pattern interrupt in order to disrupt persons, a person talking about their wife or talking mm. about something where they're diffusing responsibility by it using some type of way to disrupt a pattern. And I like to do it playfully because why not gamify life more, y'all? Oh, 100%. Gamifying <laughs> life is, is, is amazing because it, it makes it much more. The thing about life, it can be everything. You can be anything. There's, there's so many opportunities. But if you can render a, a life to be in a game and you can play whatever game, you simplify it and you can say, I'm not going to worry about the billion, million things I could do, but I'm just going to worry about this one thing. I think that's I think that's wonderful. Um, it's so funny. Uh, so scatting. Right? I got some comments coming. We're going to take a look at that in a second. But I want to I talk about this. You're talking about scatting, right? So scatting, I've never tried it. It's where I make noises and intelligible. 
little noises with my mouth and then and then yeah. you just kind of get you get you moving so like you're talking like something like that is that yeah okay. yeah yeah Yes, pretty much. And what you're doing is actually scatting because you're doing it to a rhythm. Now, mm. unintelligible noises without a rhythm is kind of like gibberish. That's cool, too, right? Because we don't really have a beat right now. But I the way that I look at it, I just think that like, you know, life, life is, you know, life is music. Like there's always a beat. That's why people say, Gavin, when you're actually speaking, it almost feels like it's a little bit of spoken word. It's like, of course, like to me, there's no there's no difference between conversation, speaking to somebody and then also getting into this flow with music. It's mm -hmm. to me, it's kind of like the lines are really muddled. And I think life is so much more fun that way when life can be an art form. Life mm -hmm. is art. Right. And uh, and life is expression. We have different ways of expressing ourselves. And for me, the core component that everyone's trying to do, in my opinion, in some shape or form, is trying to express their versions of love. I think we mentioned this at, in, at CK's thing. Right. Yeah. And even if someone's going to be angry, someone's going to to be upset. What's what's the need that's not being fulfilled, which is causing one to be upset in some shape or form? It is this four letter word of of this notion of love i think we're, we're trying to give love we're trying to receive love we didn't feel like we've got enough love so even underneath anger it's love and we're all trying to find our own expressions on how to bring that to the world by having company by playing the piano by all these like different things and so um i don't know it's kind of just getting wrapped in like wait what was the question that you're referring to again <laughs> Oh no! I was looking at that. Is is well? We're talking about flow. We're talking about the the points of flow, and we're talking about how um, generally with flow, we're getting lost. I said, "Is this right?" The scatting, the pop, pop. Oh yeah, that, yeah, pop, pop. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Now, this is this is the one thing around voice that I absolutely mm. love is that you can tell y'all. You know, when somebody is actually saying that, like, "How you doing?" Right. Sometimes you get a gist of like they don't really want to know. They're using it as a way to maybe ask for, for, to request something. You can usually tell and by maybe their tone of voice, right? By, by their pitch, by the way that they're on their phone when they're saying, how are you doing? It means that they're a little distracted, right? There's something that's really powerful when, when you can get that sense that somebody's very interested in you. Mm -hmm. How you doing, Dylan? How you doing, Dylan? Mm -hmm. How you doing over there, right? And so inside of that, what I love about the scat piece is when I'm priming the spaces for people or even when I'm doing it, I'm trying to evoke emotion. Mm -hmm. So therefore, even though intellectually you can't comprehend because I'm not speaking in a language, you might get that in certain places where I'm like, you might get there might be an undertone of anger. Now, I may not experience anger in that moment or do that, but mm -hmm. I'm actually generating a place where I can start to actually experience that. Now, that's that's what gets when people get into lower places where they're like, you know, and when Dylan, when you when you were speaking about actually your father, uh, your your uh, mm -hmm. your father right there, it reminded me of actually my auntie Isoya. Mm -hmm. My auntie Isoya, when I was living in Japan, she was diagnosed bipolar schizophrenic and she actually died and I couldn't go to her funeral. And it was at that time that I was in Japan. There was nothing I can do that when I came back after I ended a relationship that was tumultuous and I finished this Toastmaster speech, I drove home and I decided that I didn't want to spend another day without learning something deeply about my parents and I interviewed them. Now I'm getting deep, but as you can see, just my tone is probably a little softer. Yeah. It's not, it's a little softer. It's like leaning in a little bit. I'm getting a little vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Usually vulnerability, deep vulnerabilities oftentimes is accompanied by a softer tone, Yeah. right? it's 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 having that soft front 
and being able to kind of open up and expand yourself and get and get into it and feel it right because i can tell you when you're talking we're talking about that and also it makes you makes me want to lean in like right. as you mention it like you're speaking and like it's it's like sacred it feels like there's mm -hmm. a sacred right. conversation that we're having with each other you know we're talking mm -hmm. about the passing of my father the passing of your aunt what it meant to you and the exactly. lesson that you got from you said look i want to make sure that i could i could actually capture these memories in these times because um you know uh you know for myself the memories are the only things that we have and the lessons and we understand that this is just a temporary moment that we get to have together and so we want to get the most out of it otherwise we may not ever get to have that conversation that's the thing that we don't realize too is we only get so many conversations with so many people. If you look at like your aunt, if you look at your uncles, if you like, you know, if you realize that like, like with my, you know, with my grandma, she's only going to be around for so much longer. She's suffering with some issues. She's had some cancer stuff like this. And, you know, she might be around for, you know, let's just say another couple of months, maybe, but is it really a couple of months or it's how many times do am I going to go visit her? Do I get one more session, three more sessions, 10 more? How much time do I have left with her? Right. right. And that, and that it to me, it's a very, um, it's an emotionally vulnerable thing and to realize that it's precious. And if it's precious, you want to honor it. There's this weird thing that we, you, you're being vulnerable. We understand there's a value in this being precious and being vulnerable at the same time. It's not all one flavor. If that's all we talked about, that wouldn't do it. It's it's you want, you want all the flavors, right? You want all that the flavors. You want that. Yeah. The Bobby, pop, the pop. <laughs> I'm going to do that, by the way. I'm just going to, have you ever done that in public? Have you ever done that? Like walking down? Have you gone past people and not explained the fact that you Bobby beat pop moved in front of them? Well, well let me tell you, let me tell you the right, gym. Right. I love the gym. I love the gym okay. because not only is it my physical, it is my vocal calisthenics. Right. Yeah. And so when I'm on my break, I'm not playing with you like 24 hour fitness, ocean park and 31st. I'll see y'all there. Right. Yeah. Like in my, in my, during my break time, y'all, like after I do my, my curl ups, I you know, pull ups yeah. and do my uh, uh, push ups. Like I'm listening to music. I usually have, my little flow fam friday a uh, playlist of different uh -huh. beats and yeah sometimes i'm actually just like and you know and then some people are looking at me and then i'm just waving you know what am i i'm not doing anything wrong i got my mask or whatever you know like and then i'm just like yo i'm chilling up at 24 you see me doing my pull-ups i want to work in my core reaching for more but why do i want to keep on reaching for more because sometimes that can make me lose track of the present but I'm seeing that this is the present. There's so many lessons that come out of this verbal expression when I come in here. The only thing that takes me out when I start second guessing. Yes, right there. This is my way. This is the way for us to hit the highway. This could be our day. This is the crazy place. This is the truth flow. When we come together to experience the group flow, you know. You know? So, <laughs> and this is great for uh, y'all too, because actually one, a flow trigger now this can this can really cause someone to go one way or the other but like actually psychological risk emotional risk is actually one way one flow trigger for people to help to activate flow when you can get into the release when you can get a little more bearing of your regulated breathing you can access flow more quickly when there's a psychological emotional risk for instance, if all of you went to school and whatnot, and then you were crunch time because you procrastinated last minute for something, you're going to get a lot done in that little amount of time. Will you get an A? I don't know if you're going to get an A on it, but because there was crunch time, you had to do something and make something work in that set period of time right mm -hmm. there, you know? And so there's something really powerful about psychological risk. So I think of actually going into... Um, 
places because I'm also a crowd pleaser, which is one of my flow profiles. If y'all go to the flow genome project, it's a very simplified version. It won't fully encapsulate, but when I read it, it actually, it really spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to access flow quite quickly when I'm put in, in kind of a place where eyes are on me. Right. Um, however, that is also a flow trigger that people can get when they learn to relax. Interesting. Cause risk is the case. I thought that's, that's a really interesting, uh, concept because I thought it would be a, like psychological safety would allow you to get in the flow, but it's not. It sounds like it's the opposite. It it's sounds both. like it's both. That's it could be actually both, right? So, like I like to say, flow fam is safe and uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> uh, safe and uncomfortable in terms of are you creating? So you're creating safety for them to be uncomfortable. Is that <clears throat> is that what that looks like? Yeah, safety for them to to feed to express themselves in ways that they never have expressed before. And that's uncomfortable. But the safetyness is all about setting the container. I just love facilitating spaces, everybody. So I'm very just cognizant of how is the space? How is the space created? How do I infuse and let people know right from the jump that I appreciate them? And I want to thank them for choosing, choosing to be there. Because mm. they didn't have to be here, you know, and so it's all about setting the container, creating that realm of safety. There's no right or wrong in here. It's just expression, y'all. That was perfect what you just did right there. Did you crunch up? No worries, right? First phase of the flow cycle. Y'all remember that, y'all, right? Awesome, awesome. Yo, let's rally the cipher. So I have my two principles, flows just around the corner and rally the cipher. Like these, these two principles run the whole show. It creates the whole container. But yeah, in, in short, it's, you know, creating safety for people to really explore the rough edges mm -hmm. is one of the most powerful things. And that's wait, what wait, makes flow fun. Yeah. You said two, two principles. Uh, can yeah. you say rally the cipher? Uh, could you say that again? Yeah. So rally the cipher is the second and the most important one. So basically what that means is like, you know, for anybody that comes into the space, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of regurgitate it, and that comes into the space right here. You may not agree with everything that somebody else says, but that doesn't even, that doesn't matter in the space. Who cares if, if, whether you agree. Now, what we're doing here is everybody, we're holding a space here to promote people to to fully live into their intentions. Everybody has an intention before we jump in to mm. fully live into their intentions. So think about that in your silent listening. What how are you contributing to the space in your silence? And then I bring in the concept of Ubuntu. I am as you are. You see over there is how might that person be feeling? How is what this person is expressing and, and what this person is going through? How does it relate to my life? Right. Rally the cipher helps to create a sense of compassion and empathy. And I think that's a really important piece. So that's one that helps to create group flow. People feel safe. Mm -hmm. People use the reactions on the Zoom if it's in or if it's in person, they, they get into their body. Right. And the first one's called flows just around the corner. Flows just around a corner appeals to the struggle phase of the flow cycle that you might second guess yourself. However, however, there's nothing wrong. You're not in trouble because you're in struggle. All that means is that you're in the first phase of the flow cycle. What it is, is just flows just around a corner. It's a little murky. It's a little foggy. And you're trying to get to that corner. You haven't been down this corner before. You don't know how long it's going to take. But all you can do is put one step in front of the other. Follow mm -hmm. the breadcrumbs. Follow the breadcrumbs. See if you can go a little further. Because what people sometimes do is that they, they just very cleverly try to dish it off and popcorn it to somebody else. But they sell themselves short. They're afraid to... Uh 
be out in that area of unknown. They're afraid to let themselves go. They're afraid to dance on that edge. And right before they round that corner, they pull back. And so they, yeah. they, they miss out on all that opportunity, right? To, to put yourself on that ledge and then to say, can you, can you tap dance on this high wire? Um, but they think but that, that whole, I do think makes sense now looking at the whole, uh, how, uh, risk creates flow because all of a sudden you're like, this is important. I need to pay attention. I need to pay attention. I'm, you know, I can't be on my phone and trying to do, um, I don't know, my taxes or, or something mm -hmm. on the side while I'm actually trying to be in flow. It has to that full sense of presence. And I like that, uh, uh, the rally of the cipher where you're, you're really, you're being present, you're showing up, you're, you're contributing, not, not with the words, but with your emotional engagement and by, and having those nonverbal signals that we're sending across to each other to say, Hey, we're on the right page. Let's keep yeah. going. Let's move through this thing. And let's, let's, let's rally up, which I think is, yeah. which I think it's, which I think is awesome. And you're right that there's a, so when you're talking, like looking at this process, right. Um, and people are trying to get in their flow that people are trying to find their zone. People are trying to get up and going, they're getting to that edge. Now, what is like, what, I mean, are there things that you say? Cause I would, I'd love to look at the thing where mm -hmm. people do get mm -hmm. in that darkness where you sometimes I've had this happen where I'm having a conversation, I'm having a communications and I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm in the weeds and like, Oh my God, I think I'm lost. Right. Like how, and how do you get people to keep going? How do you get them to open up? How do you get people to not close down and, and shut and, and, and close off their heart and, and cause them to retreat? Like what do you have? Is it, is it, do you just say the statement flows around the corner or do you have other uh, modalities or systems to keep that person going? Yeah. So it depends on, it depends on like what part of, of the, of the journey of the hero's journey, you can say that mm -hmm. we're actually on. So yeah. if we're in a space where we're beyond the, the scatting, let's say for instance, right. And then we're going into, now we're actually going to, to sensibly express ourselves right here. I always provide a prompt, a game, a game prompt, right? We're going to play a game right here and we're going to do a prompt. Um, and so the prompt is usually going to be an incomplete sentence. Oh, right? And so the incomplete sentence is the magic, y'all. And I think that I, I'm a strong advocate for people is is everybody having back pocket incomplete sentences. I think that it's so great for to, for people to have. I yeah. I have them all the time. You know, like I'm constantly mm -hmm. thinking like one of the things I say is like, well, the beautiful thing that about what you said is that, and I'll do that. Like that's one mm -hmm. of my things. And I'll find something specific to what somebody says, and then I'll tie that. Um, interesting that you said that. It reminds me of right. Um, maybe it's like, I really want to acknowledge you for these are all like incomplete sentences. So for instance, um, one prompt that I might do for people to get deeper is what's been coming up for me is mm. right. So, that's the incomplete sentence is, is that, and I want to, I want to acknowledge, uh, uh, Bruce has gotten a bunch of comments in here. Um, that I want to, I want to touch on, uh, when he talked about flow masters sounds too much like a plumbing supply company. That's fair, Bruce. That does. Yeah. It does. It does sound like a a, a place. Like, it sounds like a flow masters. We keep you regular. Like, yeah. I can, I can actually, keep... I, actually, uh, Bruce, you want to know something? Flow masters is actually also this wouldn't have been any type of like legal issues, but they make like guzzlers or like mufflers for vehicles. So you were pretty oh. close. <laughs> okay, so it is, yeah. a, it, is a, it is a thing. Um, and then one thing is, it's like it sounds like cards against humanity. Um, which you're talking about the incomplete sentences. Have you ever thought, are there any flow cards or anything? Here, I'll pop up his little com his comment here. Um, is it cards against humanity? Is there any flow cards like this? Do you have any kinds of oh. actual physical prompts 
that, that you is have. so that is so good like i don't have flow i don't have flow cards they're just like yeah. you know i have a whole list on my google document that i do and i'm just like i'm pretty good at coming up with with different ones on the spot too right mm. like last friday last friday given that it was the new year i wanted to do something around release and create right and provide two options two different flow entry points for people maybe some people are still incomplete so um i uh I did a little sandwich prompt. I said, um, for people, you can start off with, I used to think dot, dot, dot. And mm. then, but now I see that. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so now if somebody's going to get stuck, right? If someone's going to get stuck, they can always go back to, I used to think, you know, mm. I used to think now this allows them the opportunity too, as well to, to, I used to think that, and they just start to elaborate on this, right? but then they can always go back to the structured freedom of the prompt. And I think there's something that's really powerful about it. And if you listen to people when they speak without knowing it, they have their own little habits of how they start conversations or how they follow up and respond to conversations, mm. right? Uh, some people say so much so that, my friend says that a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, by virtue of that, my other friend says that a lot. And I started saying, but we'll notice that we do, we, we have it without even knowing, why not consciously plant these incomplete sentences? But that's yeah. a great idea, Dylan, about like, there should be some cards. It's not me, that's on, that's on Bruce. Bruce, that's a great oh. idea, man. Feel free to, feel oh, free to Bruce. Do it. Yeah, yeah sure. Bruce, appreciate the cards against humanity concept here. Uh, we'll maybe make a little flow fam uh, 52 deck uh, card flow thing that we got going on that people can yes. kind of go through and have games and experiences because getting that social comfortability, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and getting that stuff out there and putting yourself out there. Uh, you really do like anytime you can have, you can train your system for that. I had someone on recently that was going from un underconfident to super bold, which talking about making that comfortable, which was his thing was just smiling at people and waiting for someone not to smile back. Cause he says, you should count the times they don't smoke. Cause you, cause you want to get, you want to get those little micro rejections. You want to kind of like build up that tolerance. So you don't have what I call paper armor, something that can easily be poked through. They're like, Oh, I'm strong. But then someone goes, and you go, ah, Right. You want to be able to be able to deal with it and go on it. And so for me, when you're talking about these these prompts, like, you know, I used to think it was so terrifying to get on a podcast and have a conversation and communications and talk about these things and and go into a situation where we have nothing planned. Me and you aren't going back and forth. We don't have any of this stuff figured out, you know, but now I know. But by showing up and going through it, that we're strengthening our talking muscles or strengthening our ability to be comfortable in these uncomfortable situations and having faith in my ability to just pull shit out of my butt. Just whoop, here's a thing. Let's have a conversation about it. And that's kind of like improv. We're, we are having a dance back and forth and what we're doing is improving. And so I love these tactics and these systems. And I think about my cadences of the things that I bring up. Uh, things that I say is like, that's really interesting when there's something that you bring up that's really valuable. And I also, I always segue into like, well, let me ask you this. And I don't do it intentionally, but now that you say it, it's one of those things that I'm thinking about. I'm like, that's really interesting. Let me ask you this. I'm processing and I'm, you know, and I like that ebb and flow because you're saying, I used to think this, but now I think this. It's that ebb and flow of processing, you know, and then, and then, you know, it's like, it's like the, here's the story. Now here's the lesson, right? Here's the, yeah, I used to think this of the story. And now here's the lesson. Do you have other exercises like this that you're talking about these flow prompts? Are there other things that maybe people that watching this can walk away and practice some flow communication? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, this is a great in a way, this could be very related to authentic relating in a way, right? With mm -hmm. with um, so when you have other people, it's really fun, really fun. Um, one that's a really common one that I'm sure a lot of you would be like, this is nothing new, but it go you can go really deep with somebody. Um, is that if you really knew me, you would know that. If you really knew me, you would know that. And that's the blank. That's the blank. Yeah. Oh, oh. You do this for dates. Do you do this on dating? <laughs> is this how you get to go no girls? Is this well, you want to know what you all know, know y'all. Flow flow fam flow fam is a great way. It's a great way to get people to open up. And when people open up, you know, they sometimes like different emotions come up. So uh it is part of my bullshit. <laughs> it's part of bullshit. Well, I'm thinking that there's so much terror that comes to talking to people, right? Whether you're talking to people yeah. in business or the opposite sex or any of those types yeah. of things, yeah, yeah, there's this yeah. great fear that people want to be seen, but also people want to be accepted, right? There's those both yes. pieces of these equations, yeah. right? And so it's like yes. you're like but but you also people I think often live lives of quiet desperation. I know I've had that where I wish people could hear my voice, but I was afraid to speak it. So that's why I'm looking at this like if you would really know me you would know this. And and I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that as an opening statement. So if I was to kind of look at that, if, um, you know, I said for me, so like, if you really knew no. me, you knew you, you'd really know that I value connection. I value connection, but I also consider no. myself to be an introvert. Uh, whether mm -hmm. anybody believes it or not, I am actually uh, 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 a, an introvert that I love deep connections one-on-ones, but you put me in a large crowd of people, a lot of energy, a lot of stuff. It's very overwhelming. It takes my energy away, but you put me in a one-on-one -on -one deep connection with somebody and it, this lights me up. This walks away like, right. so if you really knew me, you would know that just taking that, taking that right. and running with it. Right. I like it. Well, what else? I mean, else? yeah. I mean, you could go really deep, right? Like, I mean, it, like it, it depends on how deep people are willing to go. If you really knew me, then you would know that I used to have a lot of big self-esteem issues. Mm. A couple of years ago, I was in my first interracial relationship with a woman. And then I just thought that my, I wasn't packed big enough down there. Like, and a lot of different things came up. I actually saw a sex therapist the first time y'all a couple of years ago, because I thought that there was something really deep and there wasn't that much physical attraction there. And there was also self-esteem issues that I had to own up to. And if you really knew me, you would know that. That's a mm. part of my human journey, right? If yeah. you really knew me, you would know that I was really shy growing up, but I'm so grateful for being shy because that equipped me with the observational skills that I now have and now a purpose to want to empower people and th that don't feel like they have voices worthy being of expressed. And so your pain can actually transform into a purpose and that and it is that pain that also translates into a deep compassion for a very specific kind of person. And so never discount your pain, right? And so that opens up a whole treasure trove, a whole treasure trove of jewels of openness. And when people can can recognize and and feel what I believe is called the I call the paradox of being human, which is like, you know, we all have our own unique fingerprints. We all are unique in different ways where I love coaching. I love public speaking and I love flow and flow fam is one of those little offerings that I have that kind of intermingles all of them. We all have our own little idiosyncrasies. I'm obsessive compulsive. I know where every single thing is in my place because everything has a designated place. And it also drives me crazy because if I've been a disorganized place, I can't focus. Right. So, but like, so there's the unique aspect, but the other side of the paradox is that we're so relatable. Who doesn't know what it's like to feel disappointed? Who doesn't know what it's like to to feel like they're not loved in a certain area of their life because they got heartbroken? Like, and so FlowFam helps to illustrate that and dehumanize it. Where I'm purple, 
this person's black, this person believes this, this is a person who believes that, but we all been disappointed before. That's what I, actually, yeah. that's one thing I really like about that. Jumping on that note, what you're talking about this, and, and Bruce, I'm gonna get to your question in just a second. Yes, Bruce. Is when I get this is, but I want to talk about this. Why do people, why do people so deeply want connections, but are afraid of being vulnerable? Mm. And why are people, while they're, while everybody finds the, when you hear a, a painful lesson that someone got from the situation, like, you know, the loss of someone that you care about or being insecure about being a man and, and, and all of that brings is, is, is the fact that we don't want to be alone. The fact that we feel everybody else has got their shit figured out. Everybody else is on the point. Everybody else knows their stuff. And I'm the only one that has anxiety. I'm the only one that has fear. I'm the only one that has doubts. I'm the only one that is insecure with my manhood, whatever those things are. But then when we hear that, we're like, fuck, you're right. Yeah. That is, that is true. And you're like, That's you're right. like, and it, and it feels like there's like speaking to me, like I used to have things where like I have, I'd have like this negative Tourette's. Right, where occasionally I'd be like, oh, you, you idiot, I can't believe I did that. And it would just come out and it would just burst out of me. And I was like, wow. And I started, and eventually I'd, I'd catch it and I got I got better at it and I started processing more of my things. And I did a lot of things where I processed my emotions. I went through it. But when I was telling people about it, I said, sometimes I have this like shit talking Tourette's on myself that pops out that like, you fucking idiot, I can't believe you did that. And it's like, but then, but I told you, like, oh my God, I totally do the same thing. But you'd never, it would sound like a crazy person. But I say it to some people and they're like, oh yeah, totally. Totally. I'm right there with you. But right, you know, right. That feeling of not wanting to be alone and being and and sometimes that 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 pain creates connection, right? And I think that the discounting the pain. Think about this. There's so many things that came up, but think about that, y'all. If y'all any have listened to an audiobook or if you watched a documentary or you read an autobiography about somebody, like there, what makes that so special, right? And, and there's gonna be a lot of answers, but one thing for me that I find so special about that and comforting is that there is not a single book whether it was uh the steve jobs book or the biography on elon musk like who hasn't encountered deep struggle mm. right like imagine reading a book and you're just like you know when you read the biography do you get or autobiography do you get clear like oh this was not an overnight success elon musk is not an overnight success steve jobs was not an overnight success was he in a good time period of it yes was bill gates yeah. yes Yes, yeah. definitely. Absolutely. It was. And, and they worked their asses off. <laughs> so it was timing, but it was also they had insatiable pig headed discipline and a vision where people that were more knowledgeable than in different areas, like they were so unreasonable that he had the reality distortion field, Steve Jobs, right? Yeah. Where it's like he just made people believe in things that were like, is that even possible to make? Why is this computer $3,000 compared to these other computers out there, right? right? And so I think that that's the beautiful thing around when we can express our pains. To me, the only reason, one of the primary reasons why we can feel alone is that because we're pretty smart creatures. Intellect can only get us so far. You can intellectually understand, or I can, that I'm not the only one that ever in one, at some point in my life thought that my dick was too small. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I don't say that, if I don't, if, you know, if I keep it to myself or like, and I just reinforce that belief, I can feel like on an emotional level, on a, on a cellular level that, that I, that I'm the only one that feels like, oh, my dick wasn't big enough. Right. Right. But like the more that we, that comes out, it's like my homie, when I, when I brought it up inside of this little flow thing, they're like, oh shit, me too, dude. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. And it's just like humanizing. Like, would he have said that? Maybe not. He maybe yeah. not brought it out, but that's the beauty 
of when we share our weird, I say this, I say, share your weird, find your weird, right? Because there's going to be certain people out there that when that um, they're going to go search, they're going to go on YouTube and find different things and they can find their weird. They have to actively seek it on a very passive, they have to actively pa passively seek it, right? And yeah. they can find it. But like through us, when we share our stuff, we are susceptible to things, people that are like, Ugh, or I don't know about that. But that what that does is that weird we sharing our stuff will can make other people out there feel like we're not alone. And whenever I do that and I express those inside of the spaces and I, I put my I put myself at issue as a way of I want y'all if any of y'all out there know, I want y'all to know, like if y'all feel in a similar way, y'all ain't alone. Y'all ain't alone out there. And that is incredibly incredibly powerful because there's so many people that are so smart intellectually getting that they're not alone, but emotionally they feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I the, um, the Bruce puts in it. Yeah. Bruce, you say, um, the pain shows that you're still alive, shows you that you're still here, which is, which is, I think that's right. And I think often as men, and I can't speak for women is that so many times that we don't want to show weakness. We don't want to be the hindrance. We don't want to hold people back. We don't want to, we don't want to be the, the, the weak one in our tribe. And so a lot of times we only get generally like two emotions. We get good or pissed off. I'm allowed to be good. Or I'm allowed to be pissed off. How's everything? It's good. I'm okay. Or I'm pissed, but that's really the range of emotions. Generally speaking that we think we're allowed to have when really like we all we're I mean, just because we're guys doesn't mean we don't feel doesn't mean we don't sad we aren't we don't we don't feel like shame or guilt we feel like we're not good enough or and because we feel that we are often judged for not who we are but what we can provide mm -hmm. and and so much of that comes to the fact that if we feel like we're not adequate enough we don't know how to connect with people to say i i'm scared i'm lost because we, we don't we don't want to be perceived as weak because we don't want to be kicked out of the tribe um you know yeah. and uh and uh yeah and uh, uh bruce i'm just going to touch on he says uh he goes sounds like your sexual insecurities empowers you gavin that sounds like your your sword samurai <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, what concept that comes to mind, actually, Bruce, I appreciate that right yeah. there is, um, is Wabi Sabi, right? Wabi -sabi? And yeah, Wabi Sabi. Have you heard of that before? No, no idea. So, so I guess Wabi Sabi actually came from, it was like this thing where they, there is made as vases and these mm -hmm. vases like were like some of them were broken vases, but what it did is they, this, uh, they put, would take these broken vases and they would put golden filament where these cracks. So they would turn this broken thing into a very extravagant piece mm -hmm. that was initially broken. So basically wabi-sabi is a Japanese concept that's all about like finding beauty in something that may at first glance look decrepit and ugly, right? Mm. And then also wabi-sabi is about embracing this whole notion of this, that uh, the temporariness of life right uh, there, you know? And so I've been studying charisma more too, because people say, Gavin, you have the sense of charisma. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Right. It's so such a loaded actually word mm -hmm. in there. And when the more that I've, I was just looking at a people or like Bill Clinton's and looking at Hugh Jackman's, these different people that are said to have a lot of these, um, of the sense of charisma. One thing that's finding is like, these people are just, they take ownership. They, they, they take ownership of their, of, all these different aspects of themselves. Like in certain interviews, Hugh Jackman will make fun of himself, will make fun of some of his insecurities. And then the whole crowd laughs and finds endearment in the insecurities. Why is that y'all? 
because they see somebody that they put on a pedestal oftentimes that he has human tendencies and he's actually courageous enough to admit that. And to for some, that could be a superpower, you yeah. know? And it's like, yeah, because you're not alone, y'all. Never think that you're the only one or that as Hugh Jackman, that I'm this person that has everything together. Why do you think I went to Tony Robbins? Why yeah. do you, you know, he said, why do you think I went to Unleash the Power Within? Because there were things that I'm going, that I was going through, you know, like, yeah. We all, yeah, we all need coaches. We all need guides. Um, uh, one last question for Gavin here, Mo, is, is, uh, is from this is the recovery stages, right? When you're talking about the recovery stages and what he called the Zimmer, the Zimmer flow method. Do you know anything about that? What is the, the Zimmer? Method? The Zimmer flow method is Bruce. I, I can't speak to the Zimmer flow method. What I can speak to is like the last stage of actually of, of this flow cycle of struggle, release, flow state and recovery, you know, just generally like this whole notion is that we can't stay in flow. Mm -hmm. So I think of actually recovery in a way of like, how's your sleep going? You know, mm -hmm. how's your sleep going after you achieve something and you feel great? Are you really quick to kind of hop onto a next goal? Cause that could be a, that could be a perpetual cycle in, a, in, in its own way. Right. That could be a perpetual cycle in its own way of just hopping to the next thing, trying to find that next flow mountain right there. Did you actually sit and like be with like, oh, wow, what did I learn from this? You know, what are some discoveries that I get? That can be a part of that recovery integration phase. Right. Mm -hmm. To me, the recovery phase allows the subconscious to do a little bit of work, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like mm -hmm. muscles being torn down. The way that you actually build them up is through the actual sleep. Do you tear down the muscles in the in, in the in the activity phase? The recovery is what's what's building it up. So the recovery is what's building up that that flow muscle. You you talked about the flow mountains, and I want to get to this. What is your holy grail with the flow fam? What is your holy grail with this stuff? What do you? Uh, what is your, do you have an end game for this, for what you're creating with this flow fam? I want, I want actually, I want flow fam to, to be kind of like what I see it is like, it's a modality for people. You mm -hmm. know, people have come into flow fam and they're like, oh my God, this is so great. And then now it's a part of their coaching. It's a part of their coaching modality, right? I could see this as being a, a, a part of, of people that are really trying to open up inside of a group facilitation space that they use part of the flow fam process in order to open people really up before getting deep. Right. Or I can see this like, uh, uh, using this as a way of opening up kids, kids in classrooms. So I'm seeing this kind of like, it's a modality that can be inserted in these, in these different industries, especially around groups. Um, so that's one. Another one too that I'm that I wanted to help to spear uh, is is the spearhead is to bring together how flow state how flow through vocal flow is actually healing how it can help to heal grief um, how it can actually help to heal people from uh, from some of these insecurities that they have to want to share themselves more online and um, it's made an incredible difference for me rest in peace to my homie Valdez um, when he uh, um, when he got murdered um last year and getting into in this flow fam process it immediately took me out of the shock phase into anger then into sadness and then into a deep sense of love and that like i'm a, in that way like i'm a testament to to just the way of being able to allow ourselves to speak honestly as a tool to get into flow state can actually help to to move people out of grief and so are you saying that what happened with Valdez, um, and, and, and I'm sorry to hear that, um, what you're saying that you use flow to get out of grief. Is that what you're saying yeah. that you did? Yeah, I did. You, I did. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know we can only speak for ourselves, but like, how did you, how did you use it to get out of grief? Like, what did that, what did that look like for you? Music, music, mm-hmm. and I brought the prompt in. I've also I've done this uh, to uh, two other people and their fathers. They've been able to transform their grief more through the loss of their fathers as well. It's basically it's using kind of like prompts, or they're just talking about it, right? I used what's been coming up for me, mm. the prompt, right? So what's the music coming up? Yeah. Oh, what's yes. been coming up as a prompt? Okay. What's been, as a as a prompt and music as an emotional guide? Mm. Now, because what is shock like? To get in shock is that it's not really experiencing this sense of grief, right? this this kind of deep seated kind of like emotional state right here so when we can music has this magical way of actually allowing people to get in touch with their emotions and i i love two different types of of tracks that i found to be very helpful whether people like this kind of music or not is ambient cinematic and also lo-fi i found those to be very effective because they're not trying to catch up to the beat the person actually doesn't need to have any type of musical of vernacular or skill in order to talk to music. And I believe that's one of the most powerful ways to teach somebody freestyle in my mind or how to trust themselves is like, I'm not gonna teach you how to rhyme. Have you ever heard how many people are trying to be clever and then they're clever, they're, they, they are clever at the expense of really saying something that's truthful, right? Mm-hmm. No, the foundation is truth. And when we can get to those places first, the rhymes are gonna come after and you just might find that you will accidentally also rhyme in this process of flow but we never start with the rhyme we start with the truth mm, and so, so me yeah so you find the meaning you find the message you find the purpose you find what's real for you that causes a resonation in your soul like something that boom and you can feel it mm-hmm. and then if you if you rhyme if you go on top of that everything else but you first figure out what are the what are the meanings what am i feeling what do i want to communicate and then you figure out how to put a bow on top of that as a, as mm-hmm. a, and that's what you exactly. Use, right. That's you why use, the scat process is so powerful because scat is really saying what, what it really is to me. It's being comes first. Being comes first. Being comes first, right? It's being, because it's, you're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. You're not saying anything. You're not saying anything that makes sense. You're, yeah. you're coming from a place of, but you can still feel if somebody's bringing the scat and they're bringing this, like you can probably feel their joy. You sound like the, you know, you sound like the, the, um, from like Despicable Me's, you know, like those little critters from Despicable Me's, all those characters that make all all the sounds that we say. And that's the reason I think one of the reasons like we love dogs and things like that is they make, they verbalize, but they don't actually make words. Right. Right. It's all, it's all feeling. It's all like, you know, whatever the thing might be nah, right. going through. And I love that because you're talking because you can feel the energy without the any type of logic. Of it, right. There's no, there's yeah. There's no logic behind it. Yeah. And uh, it's super interesting too. I was actually, oh, do we have to end it soon? Uh, maybe one, well, one final thought we'll get, right here. Yeah, we're, we're, get, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going towards the end. I got, I got two more questions for you and then we'll. Okay. We'll, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Or do you want to just ask me it then? Well, here's my first question then. Have you ever tried this in VR? Have you ever tried FlowFam in VR? No, I have not yet. No, No, I've been asked that like I have not yet. No, that's like a new, that's definitely a new frontier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's something we could definitely figure out um, in terms of like uh, social VR, AKA the metaverse, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, No, I have not yet. That's totally new, man. 
yeah, we'll do I'm excited. we'll get a, we'll get an application set up and we'll we'll go through it um oh, um and we'll we'll set it up i don't uh, we'll, we'll figure out maybe we'll try uh one of these times to do a flow fam in vr and That'd be uh, amazing yeah and and roll that through for anybody that's got that um well maybe if you uh if you get a chance to message your groups maybe an off time so anybody that's a part of your community that does have a vr headset can join just so we don't um because i know on fridays you have a typical flow fam so i want to make sure that they can still attend that uh, yeah. but then maybe we'll find a, another time uh to get you in vr can you imagine you know what do you um do you have experience with virtual reality or a little have... a little bit a little bit i will actually yeah. say one of the things that kind of like pushed me is that like for after a certain period of time with the screen i get yeah. a little headache after a while yeah, you know, yeah kind of with the motion so that's something that i haven't gotten over yet is mm. is that so um but yeah my friend actually you know, there's, I tried these little like mindfulness, like meditation um, mm -hmm. ones on, on his, um, it wasn't an Oculus. I forgot which one it was actually. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've, I've done it from with my friend Edwin and uh, yeah. So, okay. So there's, yeah, there's something there and, and flow. I mean, you're, you're getting around, you're talking, you're curating music, you're sharing inf information going back and forth. I think there's something there for that whole, that whole thing. I had, a, had an experience on plant medicine that was a uh, i don't know if we ever talked about it but where i was at a, i was at a sitting and there was some like negative energy going around with these two girls right it was two sisters negative energy being chucked back and forth and then all of a sudden they said you know what? let's mix this up so we got around in a big circle we all had uh con percussion instruments bongos drums maracas whatever you want to call it and then all of a sudden we started like shaking up a thing like a t -t 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 -t. and out of nowhere one person's like ah, da, 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 da. and then everybody else went ah, da, 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 da. And then we get passed back and forth and we started chucking these things around. I guess that's kind of like a group scat, but that, but afterwards we felt it was a very cathartic, let out all this energy. We all kind of got to shout and scream and express and shout to the world. And I was like, this would be such an amazing VR experience being able to just release and then do these calls back and forth and have right. this energy be chucked back and forth. I imagine something, some sort of like flowy, experience in in a multiplayer virtuality experience I, would be super beneficial i i absolutely think that that'd be that'd be so great because one of the limitations when we do it on zoom is that the sounds fight against each other when people are trying to speak at the same time and so what oh. the element the element that is actually missing inside of it that i think is a huge missing which is why i'm connecting with my buddy mike to create something that we call flowverse where we're going to infuse the flow fam way with harmony you know, mm -hmm. like harmony where people can layer on top of each other. And that's another way to promote group flow. It's just in, in the Zoom world that I've been doing it up to this point, it, it, it's it's just not possible to harmonize and kind of like to layer on top of each other. So that would be an amazing next step that open up a whole new Flowverse for FlowFam. Yeah, that's, it's, I think it's super doable, man. There's there's a lot yeah. of things you can do that with current existing applications or, or customized ones. There's definitely something there. And I could see that be a good fit because it's social connections, communication, talking, singing, so very low. Uh, it's it's very it's very doable with the the tech that's out right now. So I was just curious what with you. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> Bruce says Metaflow. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the Metaflow. Yeah, uh, Bruce. There you go. There you go. Bruce is just dropping bombs on this one, man. Love it, man. This is this is yeah. wonderful. Uh, what do you think is your dragon? If I go the dragon that you don't know if you can defeat, right? So the Holy Grail is to make this as a as a modality, to make this as a system, to make this as a, as a way to kind of enable people uh, to share their pain, find their voice, find the truth and connect it outwards. What do you think is the dragon that might seem too difficult to beat or achieve? What do you what is the major thing that you need to overcome 
um, in mm, order to, to, to make this possible. Well, like I've been told a lot that like this is really powerful and it's very progressive, right? It's very progressive. Somebody has said like maybe it's this is not this is might be too a little ahead, too a little mm. ahead of of its time right now where people are not really getting it because they're associating with freestyle rap. So that's kind of like where it is for me is like there's a really there's a challenge right now as far as the the entire kind of like the the messaging kind of like the messaging around it is um I don't have that down pack where it's really easy to understand like people really have to come into it and experience it themselves or they trust somebody so it's been really like oh yo Dylan you have to come out because my buddy CK because CK right we know and that's how people kind of like know where it's this small kind of thing and through that we've been able to touch people in 18 countries but it still kind of was like a slow thing because it's just I think there's a lot of um preconceptive notions around freestyle rap which when they get into it people realize it's not that that was that's been a really difficult thing in um making it a low barrier for people to want to come try it out so a, a simple way to communicate what it is without actually having to go and experience it is that mm-hmm. like yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. That's great. Um, yeah, and, and, and it, it flow is definitely something that is an experiential thing that you like, you, you know, until you experience it, you don't know. Um, and even when you do experience it, you may not know you are experiencing it, which is sometimes a bit tricky. <laughs> yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there is there anything else, man? I love I love chatting with you about all this stuff, brother. But is there anything else you'd like to let people know about um, before they tell you before you tell them how to get a hold of you or find more about the flow fam? Um, you know, one thing is about it, like, I, spe- I especially like to like kind of um, cater to people who, you know, they, maybe they have a lot of insecurities around their voice. You know, I was the kid that started a school a year late, you know, so I hated my birthday because all the kids made fun of me. I had blue braces. I had a crooked bowl cut hair. No girls kind of liked me. And every time I raised my hand, I actually would get the answers wrong. And so it only reinforced the fact that you should just shut up, you know, and so that that was a really big part of my inferiority complex and you know like so like all of this part of me kind of this delve of expressing myself actually arose out of a deep pain and that i want to like specifically have a particular empathy for people that feel voiceless and this is like really who i do it for i do it for those for those underdogs that don't feel like they they really have that voice and i want to empower you and if you come out and you give it a try and you experiment more try it with a little scat on yourself and if you want to feel free to come out to the flow fam space and you'll find it's one of the most sacred spaces you've ever been to virtually and just might it just empower you to know that your voice is worthy of being heard that's beautiful yeah giving the voice the voiceless um it's a very mm-hmm. powerful powerful thing because there's so many people feel that pain um as was just a, a, a wonderful gift to give to people mm-hmm. uh, with that being said, how do they how did they get a hold of you? How do they find out about the Flow Fam? Um, what does that look like? Yes, absolutely. So you can actually uh, find it on two. Okay, what's what's the best way? You can just go actually go to flowfam.com as well if you want to have a little more information on what it's about too. Um, feel free to find me on Instagram at uh, Gavin Masumiya, and feel free to send me a DM if you want to know anything else. If you go onto my Instagram too, you'll see a link for the. Uh, for the um, bi-weekly FlowFam Fridays in the link tree. So at Gavin Masamiya and then flowfam.com or gavinmasamiya.com. Beautiful, Gavin. Thank you so much time, uh, brother. It's been a beautiful time flowing with you, my friend. And uh, I look forward to uh, many more flow going sessions with you. Uh, so I honor you, I appreciate you, and um, I, will, I will see you on the other side. Sounds good, sounds good. Everybody, may the flow be with you.
Beautiful, brother. Have a blessed day. See you. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.